Honk. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time Honk. for the main event. Welcome everybody to Honk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. Introducing first from wherever, weighing whatever, freshly squeezed. T-B-C. Yowie, wowie! Welcome to the Honk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. This week, TBZ and myself, Mr. Rizzo, discuss the subjective art form of professional wrestling. We'll recap AEW's All In PPV and remember the life of Wyndham Rotunda. Let's start the show. Man, this just wasn't a week for wrestling fans. Uh, it's well, you, yeah, actually. It, uh, half you like you're so right, and you, and more specifically, these people... wrestling fans. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Just it was a rough week. Let's just start off with the little housekeeping. It's because our podcast that did come out last week, um, even though we record on Wednesday, it, it, by the time it came out, everyone was talking about Wyndham Rotunda, and we'll 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 get to him in a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to say what, what was going on. How you doing, TBZ? I know you finally made it up the stairs. Um, yes, uh, we're, we're all back in the studio, across. baby. Well, here's the thing: you have you have crutches. Um, I am recovering from getting part of my back removed after uh, you know finding a little finding a little cancer. So that's always fun to get removed. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we're both like just crawling to the year of us making this podcast, which is someone's <laughs> trying to not make it happen. I think that's what's going on. And I just, we're fighting through. We're fighting through. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're putting the bad vibes out there. It's just, there's so many, like, there's so many people, like, dying lately no. that I was, like, <laughs> like um, just, that I had a, you know, I'm, I'm attached to right now, somehow. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get the name wrong, but the, the saxophone player, I believe, for the t- Trey Anastasio band, he just recently passed away. Um, we what had, band? Trey Anastasio Band Tab, who was going to be at Borderlands on Saturday. It's Fish's, mm. uh, the lead singer of Fish. That's his other big side band. He, nice. he just recently passed away this this week. A little while oh, ago, it was that's it was Pee Wee nice. Herman. <laughs> it was Pee Wee Herman. You know, I'm a bit, Bob Barker. There's too Bob many Barker. like really good people. And to be honest, sir, yesterday after like because it was the weekend. Yesterday was the first time that I, I kind of took in the the Bray Wyatt and the, and the Wyndham stuff. And I broke down a little bit and I, it was rough just watching some things. And I don't know, I was in a rough place for everything that's going on, but I'm happy to talk wrestling and make me feel better about it. Uh, but yeah, that's yesterday I finally all rushed in. I'm just saying that all these deaths, all this stuff of my cool mm-hmm. childhood and everything that's going on really hit me yesterday. So, but yeah, what's what about yeah, just you? To provide, just to provide, just to provide an update, as Mr. Rizzo said, I did make it into the studio. I got the cast off, uh, Yesterday, yes, yesterday. Um, that was an interesting uh, time, I'll say that much. But uh, yeah, we're finally out, so now I'm on to to the PT, as they say, physical therapy. Um, but it's just at home. I just gotta do my stretches and stuff like that, and just try and get motion back into the uh, into the ankle. Uh, the bones have healed, they said, so that's all good. Great. Um, so. That's that's going to be good. But uh, right now, it's just, you know, it's very stiff in that ankle. And uh, 
can't get too much range of motion, but I got to do, I got to do my ABCs with my foot. <laughs> the, doctor nice, was, nice. the doctor was telling me, he's like, you, you know, how you can like trace a, a letter with your toe. And he's like, yeah, do that with this and go through the entire alphabet. I was like, uh, this is so hard. <laughs> oh, that's rough. That sounds rough. Even for someone who doesn't have an ankle injury. I'm just saying yeah. that just sounds that, but they gave me yeah. a boot. So, uh, with the boot too, they're telling me that, you know, I got to wean on to it. I'm supposed to walk on it, but you know, as you said, I got the crutches in the background because I need uh-huh. those, but I need to put like. I need to be putting my foot down and now kind of going through the motion of walking on it. Um, and then Look each at week you wagging your finger and putting your foot down. I like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like this should be a four week thing and then I'll have another follow up and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'll have a follow up in uh, a week or so to remove all these stitches after they took out. Uh, what is it called? Leo Milo sarcoma. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, so far, so good. We're, so we're on the great. mend. <laughs> we're on the mend. Um, but yes, like I said about but yesterday I took in what I what I started with, which really kind of broke down for me talking about about Bray was the first time I ever seen his actual fiend entrance. Specifically, I was at your house at the time. And yes. I remember specifically your wife talking when he was coming out, walking out with the new slow entrance that was like his old music. But he's yeah. got the the lantern of his of, of his old the head and of Bray Wyatt Rizzo face. yes of Bray Wyatt Rizzo y- your jaws to the floor like that's <laughs> what she said to me I was in awe of this entrance of everything about it the hurt heel that you heard in the background that were on his gloves and the way he walked through the ring the only other thing that I've ever thought was cooler than this was the first time Finn Balor's entrance happened like it's the only other thing that I was as wowed about is the first time the fiend showed up when i tried to rewatch it yesterday i did break down a little bit so yeah that's what happened but yeah that's what i was saying like uh, just the start of talking about all the cool bray stuff but yeah what do you got on the, just yeah. the fiend entrance anything else you've loved about the fiend before i talk about something else with, uh, with Bray? <laughs> no yeah you, you nailed it on the head there with uh saying that you know uh thematically uh the demon and finn had similar entrances um i believe they debuted it during a pay-per-view uh, the only other it was thing, like, against Finn. It was against Finn, and like that was sure. The weird but part. wasn't that a pay per view though? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like yep. it was just that was the first time we got to see it, and uh, yeah, it just blew the roof off. It was just like, whoa, what's happening right now? And you know, at that point, it's all the mystery and like, oh, what's going to come out? What are we going to see? And he, like that, that mask was. I loved it. It was it was something out of a horror movie, and I was like, "This is awesome!" It's 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 scratching that uh, an itch of another thing I like and at implementing it in wrestling. I was like, just, "I'm on board for this stuff." Yeah. And didn't Finn come out in like all white too? Yes, yes, yeah. he did. I only yep. remember that because I rewatched it. I would not have remembered. I that remembered he was it, against him. I, I'm not remember. I did not remember any of that. I remember that just because I was just like, "Oh, how convenient!" They dressed him in white to make him look like an angel to fight this mm-hmm. darkness that's coming out Whoa. at him. That was another thing that was sort of remembered by myself of thinking about the Finn. Uh, I'm not sure who had the injury or how it went down, but there was one point with some storyline where I think either Finn was going to wrestle against Sister Abigail, someone was going to be Sister Abigail, the demon was going to be evolved, maybe not, and like something happened, and we never got that, and Thinking back, it would have been cool to see if them would have worked out. But at the same time, their stories, I'm kind of glad that it didn't. I mean, I don't know. It, it was another opportunity that just it, it didn't work out and we'll never get to see. 
which is like so many things for how creative Bray is. But go, go uh, ahead, TBZ. A thing that really hurts here is uh, we'll, the, the matchup we'll never get. We'll never get Fiend versus the Demon. Yeah, well, there's so many different uh, of like... Sure, but I'd argue that's the top uh, one everybody wanted to see the Fiend do. Oh, Especially yeah. with... Mm-hmm with this whole uncle howdy thing coming back and kind of leaning a bit more into the, the fiend stuff. Yeah. Just uh, not having even any that storyline. Oh, finish. That, I'm, I'm going on a tangent now, but he, like just anything that man touched was great. Like, I mean, I came in during the deleters of worlds segment for yes. Bray Wyatt, so I didn't get to see, you know, his interactions with Randy Orton or the way Wyatt family and all that jazz. So I understand there's, there's more to it, but uh, I mean, the fact that I can watch from Deleter Worlds up to now, and I'm just like anything that man touches gold, like, you know, I'd imagine he had a similar quality to the other stuff that he put out. Yeah, anything he did before that was just really kind of different. Um, even when he was a part of like, well, this is the part maybe not not too like, but when he was part of Nexus as Husky Harris. You know, he was just so different at that time, but um, he plowed through that one and made some of like the best characters that we'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, the person that like in wrestling, well, not, not to like kind of play, you know, rank people of who's sad out there, not to say it, but like, I really feel bad. The worst for, for Eric Rowan. Um, like he has recently had two of his brothers of the Wyatt family pass with Brody Lee. And yeah. it's just, it's really rough of where he is. We set to see him on the stage. I really felt bad for him and the way Braun was on stage, but like, I, it's really rough. At least I'm just open. And I said this, you know, like I I usually cope with, with stuff with, with comedy all the time. I I lean on my parents and my brother that way when I, I'm usually dealing with some stuff. But the first thing I said was like, I really hope that heaven needed a tag team and they called Bray up to wrestle with Brody. Um, so they needed some new, like new fun champs up there. Cause I, I, I don't know. I hope they're at least hugging. Because uh, Brody and uh, Bray are going to be, or, sorry, Brody and Wyndham are going to be sadly missed. Um, yeah, but one other thing that I, I did jump into was rewatching the Firefly Funhouse match. And that whole show was interesting. I was talking about TBZ before we clicked the record button of how the pandemic mania that was the first two night event was weird. Just yeah. fast forwarding through that of how it's dead silent with just like five or six people total in the arena. There's no like other wrestlers cheering any beyond. It is weird. Yeah. You get that double whammy of being the pandemic without a crowd and also a iconic WrestleMania where you have two nights. Yes. Yes. And the, the two cinematic matches that we got, we got undertaker's match in night one. We got his retirement and I think you once. What if I just said that? The smile on TVZ's face reminds me, like we got to go back and watch this and and maybe recap and talk about it sometime, sometime down the road. We got to rewatch that and just talk about how weird. Or I know you're gonna have problems with the bit with the Good Brothers coming back from the dead. That's all I know. Oh, that's all I, I have know. no problem with it. It's just that evidence that even when you die, you can still come back and wrestle. Yes, <laughs> that's how it is. That's how it is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so that was something that was weird fast forwarding and so many other weird matches, but we got to get to them another time, but getting to the Firefly Funhouse match and how it was about Cena and how Cena would allow, I kind of looked at it as the fact that they allowed this to happen. They allowed them to tell this story and like as any time they've ever done spooky supernatural stuff in the ring, 
the easiest way to do it is now you have the power of TV without a crowd to boo you of like, what's happening? What are they filming? What are they doing? If all we're getting is what's on TV, they can play with us any way they want. And the fun little story they told with, you know, Cena and Ruthless Aggression and then calling him like Johnny Large Meat when he was doing all weight and lifting the weights. Um, and he was the doctor of thugonomics and then losing the mania match is like kind of the turn of like him back going back and forth with Bray Wyatt. Like the fact that they had the mania match a long time ago and everyone believed Bray Wyatt should have went over Cena and they gave Cena the win. And it wasn't, you know, it kind of changed their careers differently. Did you know, he get I think the win? Cena beat Bray. No, 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 no. In the Mania match a long time ago. Like, not this, oh, not oh, this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's what this whole, like, crux part is about. Of like, hey, um, they didn't, th- they were calling my name. And you, you did this anyway, John. Like, it was kind of, I don't know. But yeah, Fiend ending that match. Even him do, oh yeah, he did the, Cena did the NWO with the WCW and even did the too sweet to Bray when he came in the ring. I like the whole look. It was fun. Um, yeah. But I feel, I feel like the WWE at the time should have leaned into more cinematic matches. I mean, that, that the environment was primed for it. You know, nobody's there. So basically turn it into a movie, man. It doesn't have to be an active match. I and, think uh, they abandoned it as soon as there was the ability to have a crowd. And <clears throat> I which, would, which makes sense I would when you can get a live crowd, more. then yeah. But uh, it's just you know. weird to tell when there is a crowd. It's just like if you do that, the entire match has to be on the big screen for the live crowd, and you're not going to do that for like big stuff. But you should do it for TV. You should yeah. do it for Raw and SmackDown. There's no reason they shouldn't. Oh, for I sure. Mean, but there's always, I, I there's a soft spot in my heart for a, a good cinematic match. I'll say that much because yeah, some, exactly. Some of them don't hit a home run. Them. But no, I will say that weird. the the WrestleMania you were talking about, those two cinematic matches, both the Undertaker and the Fiends, both were they were top notch. I really enjoyed those, and I was like, there you go, WWE. See, you proved you can do it. Yes. So two things I want to say. Well, three things. Just that Fiend eventually just ends the match, and it's just kind of a weird you know, ending for how, like, it's just a story. Yeah. I kind of think John it works. Cena, John <laughs> Cena gets trapped in the Fiendiverse forever. Yeah. And then as soon as it ends, they cut the Titus O'Neil. And he has this, like, uh, 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 and then he says, I don't know what I just saw. And then <laughs> yeah. it goes to commercial. It was, was just hilarious. like, oh, that's funny. But getting saying back what we're into, thinking. Like, yes. The, the characters that Bray, like, brought up through the Firefly Funhouse are some of the coolest things because like yep. we had Ramblin' Rabbit, we had Sister Abigail, Mercy the Buzzard, and Husky Husky the Pig. Or Huskus Husky the, the pig. pig. Huskus the Pig. But the the thing that I loved about this because my daughter loved this character and liked to sing that song. When the Firefly Funhouse would come on, it goes, We're really glad, glad that, that you're, you're our friend, friend. friend. And this is oh, a friendship that'll oh, never that ever end. We got it. We got it. I'll edit it. I in. hope this <laughs> will never ever. End. Oh man, I I was I play, I practiced it earlier. I did, and I messed Not it up. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Anyway, yeah, just that's what I I took in that match. It was fun, um, and it's just it's really sad that I'm not going to be able to get more of that creative mind. Like you said, we didn't get to finish the story with Uncle Howdy. You can say how weird it was and how you didn't like it. 
but like we didn't get to see enough of that to really criticize it. That's my that's my overall point with Uncle Howdy. And it really yeah, it, it really stinks that we didn't honestly, get to see it. Honestly, I'd argue the story kind of pittered out after Extreme Rules. Uh, Because then the only thing that happened after that was kind of like a weird Uncle Howdy thing, like sitting behind Bray in a chair. And then that was it. Well, again, I don't remember when he wasn't able to perform. I don't remember when things got bad where you couldn't wait to stop. I just chalk up the whole character to us not being able to see the beginning, middle or end. So I'm just like, hey, whatever it was, we just didn't get to see it. What I'm trying to say is I like the direction they were taking up to Extreme Rules and I like how they left it where i was like oh what's gonna happen and then after that it would just they kind of just it felt like they dicked around and, and i just mean that as in they didn't really accomplish anything and it almost felt like they were leaning back onto the firefly funhouse which kind of angered me because i was like this feels different don't go back to that well again kind of separate yourself from that um and it just we never like you said we just never had enough time to let that flourish and it's it's real real sad yeah, uh, I love the character, loved everything about the mask, loved everything about, you know. I like when he changed the belt. That Well, the one thing, didn't they have it for just a little bit, and it wasn't like $4,000? Yeah. Well, they they premiered it, I believe, in Buffalo when we were there. It was just weird. It was just weirdly it, expensive, it, but it was cool. It was, but I love, like, please. Do you think they're worried yeah. about expensive belts? Though That company pumps them out, so. I just realized maybe... We're not going to do it now because we're not prepared. Maybe next week we have to do a belt draft. Me and you, or got to rank our belts. Maybe just do a, like th- top five. Rank them on how? All. Like no, no, no. Draft them yourself. We'll do it like we'll do it like the. We got to do it like the way the guys, um, the Not a Real Court podcast. Like, and we got to use the belts, like sure. and all belts of all time. Because I, I, the first thing when you said the Fiend belt, I thought of all the other cool belts that are out there, and that's just something fun that we can do. I know what my first pick is, and I don't want to give it away. It's a tease for next week. And if he takes my first pick, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad. Again, I, I, yeah. I get what you're getting at, but I, I asked the question, what is the what are the criteria for what us? What rules? determines what a good belt? What are the rules? That's personal preference. I'm not personal preference. Yes. We need rules, my man. We need the, we need the, we need a judge and they need to assert what we're grading it at. I like where your head's at. You're right. We got to establish what makes it good. We can't just go personal preference. We'll draft our own list and we'll present it to somebody else as a, as a judge. But how are we going to do that unbiasedly? Cause if I ask my brother, it's not going to be fair. Are we going to ask Maddie K to do this? Do you think Maddie K will do this fairly for us? Or he sure. would want to be part or of the maybe... conversation. Or maybe he probably Simone want to Joseph. draft himself. Yeah, you know what? We gotta get we gotta then, get Damone. Damone we gotta get Damone. Damone. We gotta get Damone on the podcast. That's how go. we did it. That's how we do it. <laughs> it's a long way of just yeah, getting him on the podcast without asking him. We're asking him live on the show. I like it. Anyway, we'll hey, we had a few one. speed. That's kind of what derailed us from doing that. So this now, last now month has been rough. Like you said, uh, crutch. Surgery, you know, we we got yep. we've had to do some stuff this week this month. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. Anyway, oh yeah, I got a new house. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. also happened this year. <laughs> yeah, busy, busy, busy. This month. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. A lot of stuff happening. So be on the lookout, honkers. We'll uh, we'll do a recap of WrestleMania. Which year? Thirty-six, is that? So that's I believe. It was, yeah. it was nine. It was twenty. Yes, and it was 
But yeah, yeah. we'll uh, we'll go back and rewatch that and, and bust out the honk on him and get our ratings for those. Yes. Oh, that's a two parter. Yeah. It's got to be two parter, one for each day. Interest, like I said, it's so interesting to do our honk ratings in a in a zero crowd, which is the, oh, it's gonna be fun. Anyway, that was our that was our way of talking about Bray Windham, um, Windham, Rotunda, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> we miss um, you, bud. I miss you, bud. Um, we didn't really get to touch on you know Terry Funk. I don't know him as much. I want to do some research more and talk about him next week. That's it kind of plan. feels like how that happened. Uh, the same happened in WWE. You know, I was. I, I, was I believe I mentioned that for you, sir. I was teasing. I was laying that up for you. Laying that I mean, up. I believe I mentioned in our chat. I was just like, "Wow, Terry Funk just got swept under the rug by Bray Wyatt." Yeah. Yes. But you yes, know what? I did. gotta say, k- kudos to Cody being like the. That was a cool the story. Few, the few superstars in WWE that actually talked about Terry Funk. I was like, thank you. Otherwise, this is kind of awkward. You're just like, yeah, it really sucks that Terry Funk's gone, but let's have a billion video packages of Bray. What was the what was the 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 insult that, that Cody said? Was it egg sucking dog that he heard uh Terry Funk? I think call that's his what it father? was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was like, I, I gotta start using that that insult. <laughs> I guess that one. I'm, I'm old enough to use that, right? I'm, I'm yeah. forty. I can use egg sucking dog because people look at me weird like an old man, right? Like I can do that. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. and I think that what we're talking to is why that happened, though. Like a lot of people probably the current WWE universe probably doesn't really know Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt's a little bit closer to home for people, so they'll latch onto that. Um, yeah. That being said, the crowd, the universe itself, though, like during the episodes when they did it, they they showed respect, so that was nice. Yeah, but just there were, you can tell there was a disparity that... between the two. You're just like people are here for Bray, and you know they're yeah. kind of just like well, being yeah. nice for Terry. I mean, definitely different situations, and it's on mm-hmm. one's. I mean, we're not playing favorites of one's more unfortunate than the other, but yeah. it is just a little different, you know, look on stuff. Just an observation and commentary on what I saw this past week on uh, on wrestling um definitely definitely yeah so yeah that's what i got to a little bit with with bray this week and everything Mm -hmm. else in my life which kind of which kind of hit me all at once yesterday um and that but that was after um that was after raw was there was there anything else you want to talk about in wwe before we get to all in i mean Um, cena's coming back Seema's coming back tonight if you're watching the if you're listening to the show on Friday when we put it out and he's going to be here for That's like right. seven weeks and I they're advertising him on a pay per view in India or as like a tag team match in India I think yeah what's going on there like what what, what event is happening in India that he'll be there for is it a pay per view uh, I wrote it down something spectacle oh, wouldn't that probably be, wouldn't that be around November I bl- like Crown Jewel I. I, no, I believe it's called something. I wrote it down. Okay, but is it here? Yes. Let me rephrase. Is it a pay per view akin to Crown Jewel, so. where it's like it, it's happening overseas around? Yeah, it's time. a large event in India. I mean, it's a stadium sure. show, so yeah, at the Superdome. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, somewhere big in India. That's going to be huge for that. Um, yeah, what's really going to mean is that like it's probably going to be a big match with uh, Indusheer. It'll be oh, like yeah. the guy who disappeared. No, Indusheer is well. Yes, actually, no. You're right. It's Veer, uh, and it's Veer, oh Jinder Mahal, and Veer Mahan, and oh Veer, uh, in uh oh my god, why am I going blank? This is bad. Anyways, 
Yeah, it's called it's called Superstar Spectacle on September eighth. It is members Veer Mahan and Sangha, and then Jinder Mahal's their manager. Jinder Mahal, Jinder is going to be a big player on that show. Don't hinder Jinder in India, especially. So that's going to be cool. That's yeah. going to be cool. Uh, other than that. I mean, the problem too. The problem WWE had was the fact that Bray Wyatt died and they're on. It's the go home show for payback, basically, because it's happening this Saturday tomorrow. If you're listening to the episode on Friday when it comes out. Um, and, and a lot of it was just that it, it just I remember watching Raw and I was like, I'm sick and tired of watching Judgment Day just, you know, harass the tag team champions and not for a belt. It's just them fighting. Like this past week, it was Priest versus Sammy. I'm like, why is this happening? I was like, oh, it's because Finn and Priest are fighting them at payback. I was like, ah, that, okay. So they got to throw every iteration at you. It's like Priest versus Sammy, Priest versus KO, Finn versus KO, you know? So it's the run of the gambit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, not too much to note on uh, on WWE. Uh, I did say to you that I thought The Miz did a pretty good promo on Raw. Uh Cat's out of the bag. He comes out and does his best impression of uh, L.A. Knight. And it was actually pretty good because, like, you know, I was watching it today as I was, like, working. So it was, like, on the background. I was kind of watching as I was, you know, doing work and stuff. And then uh, I I heard it first. And I go, huh, L.A. Knight's on Raw. And I look up and I'm like, wait a minute. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Well done, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Did you like the commentary from uh, uh, Wade. Wade Barrett? Oh, yeah. I love it every time. Like, not on this episode, but I think on the episode of SmackDown, I just remember it's like uh, it was during a Miz match, and he just goes, "Oh my God, the Mega Superstar is coming to talk to us!" He's like super excited. I was like, "Yes, well, that's one, how you should feel when LA Knight talks to you." No, did you hear what what him and Michael Cole said back to him when when he Not realized ever. it was the Miz? No, he said, "Oh, you should pay me for having to do this," and he goes, "We do, we do pay you." And he goes. Well, you should have to give me more money to watch. Like he was mad that it wasn't LA Knight because he was yeah. wearing the the glasses. And mm-hmm. then when he found out it was just Miz, he was pissed. It was so fun. Was I do crazy. like after the segment they cut to them, you know, doing the like a recap and transitioning. You saw Wade wearing the Miz's glasses. So I don't know. I got. Uh, we'll see where where they're going with this. Even though I did like it, it's weird. They're almost like poking fun at him like this. So I don't know. It is, but uh, I mean, they're just feuding, man. That they're, you know, yeah. they're, it's like I'm JF and Adam Cole. They're just cutting promos against each other. It's weird to me that they're on separate brands, though. I think this is like the only feud for payback that is cross brand. Well, I think it's more that the similar to what uh, Miz did to Cena, like Miz kind of dressed up like Cena and uh, did something similar as like mocking him like this. So yeah. I kind of like where it is. I just I wonder where it's going. But yeah, you're right. It might, now that I think about it, him doing it a set before, it kind of maybe works more than just like poking fun at him. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Uh, oh, I was like going to talk said, about the bra- the the thing with Becky and well, uh, in Ron Raw. So that did happen. Yes, at the very end of Raw, after the match, uh, Becky talked to the crowd and told them how the first time she ever you know, did a table match. She was, didn't know what to do, but Bray Wyatt asked her like, Hey, what, have you ever done this before? Do you not set up a table? And she was like, no, I, I don't. 
And he spent like, you know, half hour, hour or so with her, like working with her, telling her how to do every way to take it out, put it set up, all that stuff. And then even on the pay-per-view, even though he had a match, she like worked with him and made sure he was good or make sure she was good and all that stuff. It was, it was kind of cool. And she would just said, Hey, yeah, it's great. Get home safe. You know, love your love or give your loved ones a hug. And uh, yeah, I love you. Thanks for coming here. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so that, I thought that was pretty cool at the end of raw, a little tribute to the, to Bray. Yeah. She did not keep it together at the end when she was holding up the armband. No, no, she did not. No, she did not. But yes, yes. What else? What else? What else? I think that's pretty much covers it. I mean, uh, rest of WWE is just, like I said, recaps, man. We have Gable versus Ludwig and Imperium. Uh, I already mentioned, you know, Priest or yeah, Priest fought Sammy. Um, Viking Raiders are fucking around Saturday. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Night. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's time. I think it's time we switch gears, move it on over for the main event. And that's to talk about uh, Titus, uh, Tyrus losing the NWA belt to EC3 out of his 288-day reign and retiring from the sport of wrestling. That's what we're going to talk about, right, sir? Who who retired? EC3? Tyrus. Oh, Tyrus retired. Okay. Tyrus and no, the NWA belt. He, and no, he that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Anyway, where did he win this? What where is this? Bull rope match, NWA. NWA, huh? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Besides that, I mean, we can talk about the the match that that uh, Will Osprey had at RevPro. No, no, no. that's not what we're going to talk about. No, I think we're here to talk about All In. Yes, we're going to talk about the zero hour of All In with Double J slap nuts. W's all in happened this past week on Saturday afternoon, right? No, Sunday afternoon. That's Sunday afternoon, which is it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a gearing up for the football season Yep. where you sit at home at one o'clock, you get up off your couch at seven to pee, maybe take, get something to, you know, take a little nap, take a shower or something, and then get ready for the, for the night game. Anyway, no, no, no. Just half of that. There was no night game. No night game. No night game. There's always wrestling you can watch at night. Anyway. I I thought to myself, man, it's refreshing to have a pay-per-view start at one so I don't have to stay up till midnight watching wrestling. It was a different feeling when when it ended. And you're like, oh. um, I have the rest of my night. Yeah. uh, It's not go to bedtime. (laughs) So that was was interesting. Yeah, more, more Sunday afternoon PPVs. But yeah, not to get into it too much with the first thing before the really show started with the zero hour of Double J coming out and antagonizing the crowd, calling them slap nuts, and then Anthony Agogo, Paul White, and then Grado. Grado came out, but we didn't get to hear like a prayer, which is a little unfortunate. Like who's Grado? Grado is a big independent wrestler that's from the UK, and you know there was a time a few years ago where they gave him a big title and the crowd was, you know, the whole crowd just sings like a prayer when he comes out. It's just, it's, it's big. Anyway. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. That popped the crowd. Everyone was here for him, but it cards on the table. The- I didn't watch much of zero hour, hour. I watched the important match, which was the tag match. Did you watch? I mean, there was only one other match on there besides that. Sure. Uh, no, the I didn't stuff watch that. that had before they did it. I started stuff really early. So like, they had all that like Miro segment and all that stuff before 
the official like maybe start of the zero hour. Like there was yeah. some stuff before that. Um, but yeah, we had Aussie Open versus MJF and Adam Cole. Better than to, you, baby. Oh yes, to, for, for the, the Ring of Honor uh, Tag Team Championships. Didn't you say there was another match before this? It was after this, I think. Okay. Anyhow, am I wrong? Yeah, tag match. Did I get it wrong? I'm just asking. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I wrote down my notes, but I typed them out, and my dumbass could have easily put them in the wrong order. Did Jack, Perry, and Hook have the match first? Nope. Aussie Open and MJF opened the the match, opened the show, right? Yep, yep. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, I think I might have missed a honk because I love this match, but I only have two. There's no way I didn't like this match more than two honks. You know, I was pumped. Yeah. I don't know how I missed a honk, but the fact that MJF wouldn't dive and all that stuff, that was fun. I like that. Yeah, they were they were dude they were doing oh, their no, tandem I got stuff. The three. I see where I messed up. I see where I messed up. I got the three. Sure. But there were echoes of uh seeing their budding friendship in this match. You know, they're doing a lot of referential stuff that they've done for the past month, which was nice. Um this match also was kind of quick. Um, I don't know. I not that I expected it to go much, uh, to go very long, but it was just, you know, it, it, it didn't overstay its welcome. It protected them as much as possible for the main event. You know, you yes. kind of think about how, like, where in history have ever seen someone who is going to be on the main event even show up on the Zero Hour or the pre-show, much less have a match, like, or even on the real show. Like, that's rare in itself. Like, it's kind of cool where someone would, like, win a match to start, and then they, because of the stipulation, they get to face the main event, like a Daniel Bryan, like WrestleMania kind of thing. But that doesn't normally happen, like appearing at all. So, yeah, they had to protect him a little bit. But surprised the crap out of me that they pulled off the kangaroo kick and the double clothesline for the victory. I kind of do love hate that they got that off on them just because, I mean, you kind of, I almost feel like you besmirched the name of Aussie Open by having them lose to such antics like a kangaroo kick. Well, I'm not sure. I can look this up here. I believe there's some history with the kangaroo kick. Also, it was a double kangaroo kick, might I add, not just one. Kangaroo kick. He got he got all of Aussie open with it. Yes, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it in time, mm-hmm. uh, but I know that there was some tribute that uh, MJF was paying to a certain wrestler that also named a match or named a. Uh, a move and I can't remember exactly who it is, but I'm looking it up and I'll get it to us in just a moment. Sure. I do like that. The double clothesline is very fatal so far. Nobody's kicked out of it. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, let's see. MJF's King. I got this from, this is from the pro wrestling world on Facebook. Just given as much credit as possible. So I can't say that, I originally came up with this myself and did the research. A little bit of wrestling trivia. MJF's kangaroo kick is a move which he learned after watching Crocodile Dundee and some kangaroos in order to beat the Aussie Open. Outside of being in an incredible comedy spot, the move is a reference to the fellow Jewish wrestler and legend, the Hebrew Hercules Abe Coleman, known for inventing the drop kick. Legend has it, Coleman went to Australia and after witnessing kangaroos fight, something that was reflected in MJF before coming up with the idea of the kangaroo kick. He invented the dropkick. 
Awesome. Which was to emulate what kangaroos do. Yeah, so it's just kind of funny that like he kind of paid tribute to for another cool Jewish wrestler. I loved it. I heard it on Wrestle Talk as well, and it was just I think that was kind of fun. But, that is clever. Well done, yes, MJF. Yes, yes, some cool stuff with that. Um, but I didn't see them winning. I didn't see them. I thought there was going to be the fallout. I thought that was yeah. going to be the turn, and then they were still going to have a good match. But wow. I got it. Yeah, I thought it would. I thought that uh, I'm with you there. I thought he would have lost, and that Adam Cole would have been really pissed at MJF, being like, "You, you know, like it's always about you and your belt, but you never when like you're never interested when I want to do something. You know, like I want to win these belts. You know, Adam Cole was the driving factor for better than you to want those belts. So I could have easily seen that where MJF's like, "Eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I still got this." Mm-hmm. Not that he would say that to Adam Cole, but he would just be like, "Yeah, whatever." Internal monologue about that. Um, but yeah, they won. I was I was kind of floored. I was like, okay, all right, I'm in. I'm ready for this paper. The crowd was there for it to start the show. I mean, people probably weren't all even in their seats yet, but they were. Oh, it was popping. It was it was awesome. Yeah. So, uh yeah, but yeah, keeping it moving, keeping it moving. Um, we had a match that. So. I People missed might be collision about for different reasons, and I don't yeah, know I, how we'll get real to quick, it. Real quick, real quick, Mister Rizzo, I yes, missed there. collision. Why is there an FTW Championship match? I thought we retired this belt. Uh, he was attacked at collision. You know, By like, hook. I missed all of the collision, but he missed all of it, and then By the said, golden vampire. <laughs> he was attacked. When, like there was a ceremony, like he brought the belt on a on a plate or on a on a table. He was gonna did, smash it with a sledgehammer. Didn't he also he have like a video a, package with him in the belt? Yeah, like oh look yes, at these memories. Yeah. I saw a clip on Reddit with that. And I was just like, that's funny. <laughs> and then I, believe I was like, I should get to that. Hook attacked him and then just said Wembley, and then it was like, cool, we're gonna added that to the zero hour. Like so well, that was here's my beef. Retire the belt and then just make it Jack Perry versus Hook. You've got beef there now, so he doesn't give a shit. But no, this belt ain't going away. <laughs> yes. Whatever whatever issues we have with the belt, I kind of like the match with the fake coast to coast, you know, fake out. And then um I kind of glossed over the windshield thing, like him talking about it into the camera. Yeah. I didn't really yeah, that's another thing. Anyway, he went through the windshield and I was like, oh, wow, that was a cool spot. So I liked it. And I gave that two honks. So that was that was me with the you match. gave you gave the windshield spot two honks or was no, that the windshield second spot honk? was a honk. And then the fake coast to coast spot was the honk for me. Gotcha. I, I thought that was good. Um, so, yes, yes. But that's kind of that's kind of where I was with the match. Yeah, uh, I mean. I I was fine with this match. Like, uh, again, I've said it time and time again. I don't care for Jack Perry. I can't really get behind him. Um, this little feud is kind of fun because, you know, they. Uh, it's good to see Hook, basically. I'm glad that he's getting more face time. And, you know, once uh, Jack Perry won the belt, I figured, you know, he's going to move on and fight somebody else. But now he's retiring the belt. I, I, I honestly was prepared. I was like, this is it, boys. You have your out. You, this is how you get the FTW belt off the, the show. And then, you know, here and behold, we have a championship match on Zero Hour. And I'm like, man, all right, whatever. So, uh, yeah. Uh, truth be told, too, I don't remember too much of this match. So, like, it just kind of glossed over it. I was like, yeah, it's all right. 
I'm still, I'm still hot off the first match, should I say. I was, I was pumped for MJF and Adam Cole. I was excited to honestly get to their match. I was like, I'm ready for that. Well, let's see see how we'll talk about this. Uh, Samoa Joe and CM Punk. Moving on. Well, we didn't even Starting... mention who won. It was Hook. Oh, did I not mention Hook? Well, no, I never mentioned Hook winning. Holy crap. And getting the belt back and the crowd being no. happy about that. You asked me what I thought about the match. and then My bad, my me... bad. But yeah, Hook I wins. I gave you my honk rating without telling you who won. He's the and new FTW champion, so we still have that. And yes, now, yes, yes. with that over, we move on. To all in the real show. Yes, yes. And we we start off with the real world road rules championship. Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. And I kind of really liked this match. Hmm. I was I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. And yeah, uh, yeah I gave it at least three honks hmm. with uh you know a little bit with the beginning. Joe was kind of like playing with his food and playing with the crowd. So that was just kind of like him dancing and telling him what to do. And like two of the spots, he just kind of where he jumps out of the way. That's his like his no look move. He did it twice. I thought he did that once. Well, one time it was scouted by Punk. And then the other time he actually moved out of the way and he felt like so. I liked it. It was kind of work with me. That was just the overall thing with that. I thought I thought then, they both had a turn. Like Joe did, or Punk did it once, and then I thought Joe did it to Punk. That might have happened. I might I yeah. don't recall it as much. Um, You're good. Um, but through the announce table with the weird spot on that side, I yeah. thought somebody cut himself. I thought that was going to be a little rough. And mm-hmm. then the leg drop and the you know the Pepsi plunge to the or the, sorry the leg drop one count is really where I was like cool but that was the hogan leg drop and that's basically what he did to i think he did that to andre or did he do that to ultimate ultimate warrior i don't remember hogan yes that's like that's what he mimicked with the leg drop you're you're looking to the wrong person to confirm that no i'm I'm just saying like i don't remember exactly what the match he did for it but it was basically the the hogan leg drop and that's the move that he did when he pointed back at him and it was kind of cool. It was kind of your dog goes real sad right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how good my dog is about calling us out the first time he gets to hang out with the podcast. <laughs> oh man, it's kind of funny to hear you say that you gave this three honks because truth be told, I gave this no honks. Uh, not saying rough. it was a He's calling not me saying... out, calling me out, trying to get me to let him in the house. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, he'll he'll just chill and listen to more about. More about Samoa Joe. I was just commenting on my honk rating to fill the void while you dealt with that. I said I gave this no honks. Um, I not that it was a bad match. It was fine. I even noted, like you said, it looked like they were hamming it up at the beginning. You know, Joe doing his walk away from a move sort of thing, playing with the crowd. I believe he got that ole 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 chant going. Uh, Joe was dominant in this match. I'd say two thirds of this match was all Joe. He was just throwing punk around like a rag doll. Yeah, it was fun. And then, I don't know, it kind of worked for me. I kind of liked it going back it just, and forth. It just felt like a regular, it just felt like a regular match on Collision. That, that I guess, was my beef with it. You know, this is a pay-per-view gotcha. and, you know, you, you just, you didn't break the bank for me on this one. And that's fine. You know, just, you get no honks out of me. Also, I hate CM Punk. I, I believe gotcha. in the previous match, you said that they talked about that match, but for the wrong reasons. And now we're getting to this part, which I believe somebody in this match is associated with what you were alluding to earlier. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, but we're going to get to it. 
We are? Okay, go ahead. We're just going to, I'm just going to mention it. I mean, I feel like it may have filtered my uh, opinion of this match, but just like Punk just can't fucking keep his mouth shut, can he? (laughs) I'm just, I'm actually just going to stay away this time. Because for the folks at home, hold on, hold on. on. There's no way that anyone listening to this podcast doesn't know what the F we're talking about. So just don't worry about it. And the fact that the nerve that you had with the golden vampire. I know how much you just don't like CM Punk. And I kind of dislike everything that's going on with CM Punk outside of the ring. Everything he's been giving me on TV and in the ring, it's like, this isn't bad. But everything that we hear outside of the ring and backstage of him starting fights with Jack Perry and other random people, whether it's We're not going to talk about it. Also or, talks about it. <laughs> or Miro or Kicking Walls. Or wanting to leave. I didn't even know about Miro. That's new to me. Or not making it to the airport because he didn't get travel arrangements when he arrived in the UK. I don't care about any anymore. I know, you know what? This is actually what sells the damn wrestling now. This is the shit that people care about. This is what drives it in the, the social media, which is rumors and more people to ask what happened, why, why was I not get to see the video? And I have to not like it and then understand it at the same time. And that's my say on all of it. It's just, I want to talk about the wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. All I was going to say is that my my opinion of punk is probably, you know, biased because of, you know, I rewatched this match and I heard of the rumor about Jack Perry and CM Punk. And I was just like, God damn it, man. Just. I will say I will say on this I did enjoy a post I saw on Reddit where it was uh, a picture of Moxley and it says Moxley when Tony Khan calls him up to be the real world champion. <laughs> just just too much. Because yeah, just, what's gonna happen now? He's suspended, just, uh, so he's not gonna have that belt. It's the belt that just disappeared because nobody beat him for it. Me. I didn't watch any of any of Dynamite before we recorded today. We when I put that wow. on after this. I have no idea what we're going to be told about what's vacated, what's not. Because the funniest thing ever, the funniest thing ever is how, like, like if he's suspended, like how long is he suspended? Does he have to vacate the fake title that's not really a title that somebody else is going to have because it's got an X if, on it? If Punk like, has way, no. Does it like, does if he just never comes, I, stop, I, I'm talking about it. What did I do? You did it to me. I didn't do shit. This is all you. No, I you didn't even said you the did We're not going to talk about it, and I'm not talking about it. And then you're like, "Let me talk about it." I didn't yeah. say you did it. I didn't say yeah. you did it. I said I did it. <laughs> oh, bang Bang Gang versus the Golden Elite. Can we do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we said that CM Punk won, won with the Pepsi Plunge to the and still question mark you know what anyway. before we move on i keeping it with the wrestling with this it's really unfortunate that cm punk won during the owen hart cup and that's the part that stinks because yeah. if this would have been the first time that punk beat samoa joe it would have meant so much more than when it happened in the owen hart cup so now they're now are three and two as opposed to it being you know yeah. like it's so that's the only part that i whatever but so i kind of knew that going in and whatever i gave it that's how i felt with the promos too they're all like oh they've known each other for so long and i'm like yeah the the the, he's popped his cherry it was all before it was all oh he's never beat him and it's like yeah that's a good story now that he's beat him it's like cool he'll just do it again and he did so 
You know, it's just like whatever. You know, but what All do you right, expect? Gotta, this is the first. This is the first match of the pay per view. We got to move. We got to. We got to keep it moving. Bang Bang Gang versus the Golden Elite, and I really like this. I want to go back and watch this more again. The brown noise for Callus to just make people not care about him is just the, like he in his in the post match the scrum he described of just like I don't want music I'm not here to entertain I'm here to like it it was just a weird it was a great answer I love the way he just the heel that he was like but yeah that noise is just like unsettling I just I I don't like it it's just ugh on purpose. Yes, it's just it's meant it's meant to irritate you when he comes out, and it just oh I love it. But um, I'll talk juice uh, juice getting slapped and hangman hot tag were kind of my two favorite things of this match. Even though there was so much more fun with like the the snapdragons from Kenny and a bunch of other cool things, the Terminator. Um, I eventually. Uh, we had a, the third honk while I'm here with the slaps, Hangman, and then Takeshita kind of stealing the victory the way he did. I love that the was, way that that – so I'm going to steal it. That was one of my honks. It's the way I felt, but this is how this is done. This is basically a six-man tag that's meant to set up the individual match. Like this of? is meant to set up the Kenny Takeshita one-on-one that we're going to see it all out. And that's what that's what that was all about. And that's something that normally, like, New Japan does. They do multiple, like, you know, tag matches with people to get to the, finally, they guys will touch each other and they get to go one-on-one. And that's what we're going to get to see. We're going to finally get to to touch each other. Yes. Okay. Get up, caress their faces. Maybe, you know, get up with my handy while you're at it. Uh, Well, Takeshita stole the victory. Yeah, um, for the Bang Bang Gang. He was with them against the Sure, Golden but he's not Gang. in the Bang Bang Gang. Correct. It was Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Takeshita versus Kenny Omega, Abushi, and Hangman. And yep. it was it was oh. great. It was great. I do like that this was we get to see Kenny Omega in two separate tag teams where they had spots where they paid homages to both of their teams. Yes. I don't know if the one between Hangman and Omega was an homage, but it showed real good tandem offense being like, hey, look, we used to be on a tag team and really good. Um, and that this. was actually that was actually one of my honks, the one where uh, Omega and Hangman did like tandem offense on uh, Takeshita. And it made Don Callis like choke. They cut to him. He's just like, <gasps> he's just like, it was very close for you there. Takeshita almost lost the match for you. Mm-hmm. So that was my one honk. And then, as you mentioned, uh, how Takeshita stole the victory was my other honk. Because it was funny because, like, Omega gets three V-triggers off uh, on Jay. Then Juice comes out to intercept, and he just V-triggers him. And then he goes again and hits Jay. And then he turns around and kind of does this, like, celebration. He's like, yeah! And then Takeshita's like, sweet. And he's like, oh, no! <laughs> I lost Man, the match. And hey, I even saw Because I off the ball for a half second. Hangman, even the, when I show him on the camera, he just goes, what the fuck? Like hang, when they showed saying <laughs> so that, what, what this just happened? What happened? What the fuck? It was great. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Fun match. I want to go back and watch the other match that I have to go back on watch is the next match because I, I, this is where I got to the point where I, I, I normally take notes all the time when I'm watching. And especially when it got to my favorite match of the, of the night, which I think is my match of the night. But I don't know, man. I was here for the FTR and the Young Bucks. I was surprised it was on this early. 
And this was probably my second wow. favorite match of the night. Uh, actually, no. I, I, you're going to surprise me. I know exactly what my, my match of the night was, even though I'm going to go back and watch this. It, you'll be surprised at my match of the night. But uh, So, yeah, this match was pretty great. Uh, I gave it three honks. Uh, just great. Great athleticism. Uh, when I, like, I feel whenever you see the Bucks getting involved with a match, they, they have great athleticism. Uh, like, for instance, when they fought the Hardy Bros, you know, uh, it felt like the Bucks had to wrestle down to the Hardys level. And it worked, but it's just when you get them up with the FTR, that's when magic starts happening. And, you know, they started off in the first five minutes doing the counters and counters. They know each other so well, going back and forth, doing all this jazz. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, I gave it three honks. Uh, was it uh, the first one I had was uh, when... When Dax, uh, he dodges the BTE trigger, which caused the Bucks to hit their knees. I liked that. Yes, same. Uh, Matt kicks out of the shatter machine. That was my second honk, which I believe the announcers said was the first time anybody ever uh, did that. Uh, yeah, that's where I, I like kind of threw away all the notes after. I was like, I, ah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, and I'm then done. My third was uh, when, um, so Cash was fighting uh, the Young Bucks, and he got BT triggered. They pin him and he kicks out and well, it kicks out, but like Dax also tries to like get in there and push him off mm-hmm. him and stuff like that for the save. After that, you see Dax and he just kind of goes, they're behind me, aren't they? Yeah, he kind of did the side. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got to deal with this. Like he knew oh, they were there. Okay. I loved it. I loved the reaction. I so loved I love that spot. That was my there. third honk when they do the shatter machine and then go to the BT trigger on cash again for another two fall. Which yeah. I was like, wow, what do they got to throw at these guys? So yeah, and uh, then them doing the BTE trigger before, like, but kissing um, uh, Matt Jackson, that was yeah. so cool. That was so cool. I like. Uh, I laughed to myself when Cash went for the four fifty splash. In my notes, I go, "Has he not learned anything? It's just yeah, well, fists, no flips." <laughs> yeah, but for him to do it again. And then not lose, and but actually prevail this time, which is so. But cool. he missed the like, move, though. He totally well, missed that. But he that. missed it again. That was the yep. thing. Like, why are you doing it? Last time you did it, you lost. Why are you trying it again? I honestly thought they were going to lose when uh, that plus the young bucks their title card said uh, a chance to be the first three time tag champs. I was like, oh, are the, uh, are the FTR? Is they going to lose the belts this? Summer? Yeah, I was cheering oh. for FTR. I was going to. But I wasn't. I wasn't. 100%. I was here for both of them. But like they, they played either me. way. They can yeah, see it going either exactly. way. Exactly. Oh, but, we're gonna. But yeah, like I said, I gave it four honks. I loved everything about it. But you're going to talk about getting played. But what else do you have to say oh, about the match before I move on? No, do you not want to give your honks or just the rating? Oh no, four honks. I love too okay. much about the match. I went I through you. with you half the stuff that you said were my honks. It, yeah. I was just gonna. I was just gonna wrap it up saying that FTR wins by getting the shatter machine off on the Bucks yes. again. Mm-hmm. My only Just, beef with this match, though, is it felt like they kind of did the same moves. So what I mean by that is like FTR will do a move and then Young Bucks, like two moves later, does that same move back to FTR. And I was just like, do a different move. No, 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 yeah. no, no. That's not because these guys are like, you know, this is match number three. 
Sure. Like they're ultimate scouting each other. They have to like use their moves on each other and they got to it's part of the I like Just it, it works. The pacing of it was bad, okay. I'll say. I don't like because it, oh, it happened in I'm there for it all happened, of it. No, no, no. It happened back me. to back. So it was just like it wasn't like, oh, they did the move, 5 minutes later they tried the move on him. It's like they did the move, failed. They turn around and try the move on them, failed. Move on to another move where they both try and do it. And I was like this happened like 3 or 4 times in this match. I was like, guys, space it out. <laughs> So yeah, we're 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 gonna move it on, keep it moving, and uh, we're gonna so be this, interesting with Stadium Stampede match. I was impressed. I just want to say I was impressed with the like th- it was at this match when I went, good job AEW, you actually booked a, the like card properly because I believe I messaged you guys and I was like, wow, what a what a fucking tag match. What's next? I bet it's gonna be the women's match for a cool down, and then it was Stadium Stampede. I was like, oh, unexpected. Yes, okay, I was. I was going in, I'm like, oh, yeah, the craziness of this. Okay, this makes sense. And then how kind of long it was and how chaotic it was and all the stuff that was going on made me at one point wanting it just to end and then, like, get back to wrestling. Yeah. Like, But I loved it. I did not like it, but I know how different and crazy. And I just felt uncomfortable because my ass got so worked. And you spoiled it a little bit for me on the chat, but uh, <laughs> because I wasn't live. So, like I said, it's best friends, Orange Cassidy, Eddie, um, and, and Penta, Penta versus the BCC with Santana and Ortiz, which is Moxley, Claudio, and Yuda. Isn't that proud and powerful? Yeah, yes. And I don't know how much those guys are proud and powerful together. Let's just say that. I don't think there was a good friend still, even though they came and worked together. Fair. But um, I this just started wrote, very chaotic. I mean, in natural fashion, but it just felt like anarchy in the arena where it was just cut, cut, cut. Let's look at this guy cut. Now over here, I'm like, give me a sec to just at least take in what's happening. Or, I mean, I believe during this match, they eventually went to split screen. I'm like, do that. Give me yes. a four split screen and I'll watch that. I, I don't know want, that. It's just dizzying how many cuts they had. And I the get the lots happening. The main criticism to that is it's almost the one thing that they should make an effort to either do some parts of it live and some parts of it like a minute or like a two-minute delay. You know what I mean? Like with that split screen. They can yeah. constantly show what's going in the ring live, but then like a minute behind of what's going in the sc- like in the backstage. Backstage. They can yeah. delay that to us on the screen and because we won't get we won't miss anything when they cut cameras. They can constantly go and hey, we got 45 seconds to show this. And then we're going to move over here and show 30 seconds. But if they're constantly looking at live, it's just, well, uh, this isn't a good shot. Move over here. Uh, this isn't a good shot. Move over here. And the, the, you're right. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't work for you when you're live moving with the camera. Yep. But maybe that's just a better way to shoot it. But I know how crazy it's going to be. I know you can't see everything at all times. Some of it's uncomfortable with Moxley getting the wood spikes I know we the were all skewers, like, ah, as they were called. Ah, the skewers, just the barbecue. You spoiled skewers. me on that because you were posting in channels like, huh? And then I was like, oh, God, that's what he was talking <laughs> just, about. I was like, oh. no, no. Yeah. Um, but before the other two things, I remember, well, the awful waffle that Chucky e. T does on Yuda. I'm not sure if you know of that move. It's I know. i crazy move. I, I actually, like, I thought I caught that that was the name of the move, and I was like, I don't have time to rewind, but I was just like, is it, is it the awful waffle? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Chucky e. T does that. I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so many crazy spots from uh, Trent with also Sue showing up and the, the pan of cookies. 
That was laughable. I'm like, why did you bring this? Like, get, at least take one off and eat one or something or save it or whatever. It's just give me this. Waka. You know, those those cookies add extra damage because it's extra blood force to their face. Like, dude. I guess that's something that she used to do. She used to always come backstage and bring cookies for people. So that's kind to of throw funny. at their competitors. No, but anyway, well, anyway, you worked me again. But speaking <laughs> of work, I speaking of getting worked. Okay. Yes. So, th- this is this is where my my dumbass just I got so worked and then it made me like the show. It made me like it more because my dumbass got worked. Um, Santana does a tombstone pile driver onto Penta on top of a steel chair. Two but steel when chairs. They did them back to back. Yes, but when he's holding them, he's not under the steel chair right away. So he has to like walk two oh. steps backwards. Yeah, no, and this then is different. My do the the pile driver, and yep. when it happens, all of a sudden Penta goes like super limp and doesn't move, and then all of a sudden his body like shakes a little bit, and he's like messing with his head, whatever. And all these people and doctors go to him in the corner, and yeah. I'm like, okay, what's this, whatever. And then in the corner. You can see Doc Sampson talking to Santana, and Santana's going like, "Well, get him up! Like, what? what what's the like? You can't hear him, but you can just kind yeah. of see like, what's the deal? What's the deal?" And you see Doc Sampson kind of put his hands like to his head and like move his neck right back and forth, kind of like, "I don't know, neck thing." He's gone. He's and then because you hear Santana kind of like, "He's gone. He's gone." And I'm like, "Oh shit! Did something really happen?" The Penta. So I stopped rewound and i wash it in slow-mo and his reaction should have given it away for me but like the way santana didn't do it straight and kind of almost did the moves directly on his head scared the shit out of me i'm like oh no like is this gonna be like a bad thing that's gonna taint the show like is this gonna be bad you know like all this match happened but this dude's like you know bad whatever and they're gonna stop doing these moves and everyone's crazy so then Later on in the match, when someone's music hits again and he's Pentagon Espiro and he comes <laughs> back from the dead, I'm that like, oh, oh my God, they worked my dumb ass. <laughs> and it kind of made me like the show. Is it chaotic and wanting it to end at a certain point? Mostly because of the skewers. The skewers was like, hey, what are they And the, yeah, anyway. Uh, and then oh. Trent Trent also did a spot in his neck that scared the crap out of me that I just. Can was we, that can on we the stairs? This? Yes, the stair spot. Yeah. Oh, the other cool thing that made me like love it was, and I call it someone else. They were making like kind of like the sticky bandits, where uh, all of a sudden Orange Cassidy goes in the ring with a bucket and a glass a glass bottle. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? And <laughs> he 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 tapes up. He smashes the bottle in the bucket. Tapes well, up wraps, his hand. He wraps duct tape like reverse opposite. on his yes. hand. So it's not like he's sticking it to himself. He's yeah. he's doing the dull end on his. It's like okay, what the hell? Yeah, and like you, yeah, like I said, like the sticky bandits from Home Alone two. No, <laughs> yeah, Home. Which I get one? it now. Yeah, two. Which I almost confused the wet bandits and the sticky bandits. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, the he used it and he punches it in there and smashes the glass as glass on his hand and eventually he he punches Claudio to get the victory. Correct. Yep. Oh yeah, he hits like, him with yeah. that. That was my honk, actually, because it was a nice tandem thing where Kingston just 
beelines it from the backstage with a, a chair and barbed wire. And he's just murdered. Like people are, you know, sprawled out on the ramp or whatever. And they're all like, hey, what are you doing? He just bashes them. He's like, get out of my way. I'm getting to the ring. And then he just, <laughs> this is when OC is like, I think going at it with uh, Claudio and uh, Claudio had the upper hand, but then, then in comes Kingston just wails him and the Moxley takes him or like takes him on. And uh, then it eventually Kingston, the, the, the tandem I liked was, Kingston spears Moxley into the cardboard bar- barbed wire, which was set up. And then right after that, cl- that's when OC clocks him with the glass. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And I forget which announcer said it, but linked Eddie Kingston to the way Terry Funk used to come to the ring, specifically mm. with the chair. And okay. that was a cool homage. Like the way he looked and his intensity of just like, I'm going to kill someone with this damn thing is kind of mm-hmm. like the look that Terry Funk used to bring to the ring and the realism of wrestling yeah. that people loved is Eddie Kingston. So like, that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, they OC um, gets the win. And then again, after with the match, because of what's going on, I mean, when I say after is in the post scrum, they mm-hmm. set up a match between him and Penta today or Wednesday. And the winner mm-hmm. of that faces Moxley at All Out. So I'm assuming... For, that, the, for the belt? Yes. I'm assuming that Cassidy is going to beat Penta. And then I can see Moxley actually taking Cat, the belt off Cassidy. But we'll see. Maybe not. Oh. Oh, for... Okay. It's for the IC belt? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's like I said, in the in the post scrum, he was asking Tony, like, what's next, whatever, and he was confronted by Penta at the gotcha. at the at the stage. So that's the match. Well with with the latest rumors going around, I don't think that's gonna happen because Moxley's gonna that, need to take that real world road rules belt. <laughs> you're right. I don't you're right. There's so many things of what may or may not happen with all out, but I think that one is the we'll find out more about that. On Dynamite, which we haven't Kingston, watched. You said Kingston v. Penta is the match? No, 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 no. Cassidy versus Penta. Gotcha. Okay. That's For tonight. The, well, Wednesday. If the winner of that faces Moxley. Yes. And I believe it's going to be Cassidy versus Moxley for the title. All because right. that's what Cassidy wanted. He'd been talking about wanting to wrestle against Moxley. Sure. And that's a, thinking about, well, he think did. about that match two years ago. Think of two years ago of talking about we're going to have Orange Cassidy wrestle John Moxley. Think of what the internet would say. Now it's a different story, right? Like it it's is. not, it's a completely different He's legit different now. Thing. He fought Osprey, We should man. get a specific person on the show to talk. Never mind. My favorite well, match, gave, let's go. I gave this match two hunks. I had three with the, with the. I mean, just, I love the awful waffle and everything with Sue. Anyway, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Uh, we had Queen come out of four-way championship. Yes, women, and then when when Queen's music hits and Soraya brings out her whole family, um, you know that's a cool entrance. That was sweet. That's the end of her book. You know that's what she said. She's been writing a book forever, and for as high as she got when she won the Divas Championship, this is just just even getting here is just like huge for how they took her wrestling away. From where she couldn't wrestle for five years. But Soraya, Tony Storm. So what you're saying is she played her hand. Yes. Soraya, Tony Storm, Sheeta, and Britt Baker, DMD. And, yeah, before I get into my honks and some of the stuff I liked, what about you, sir? What did you think of this match? I gave this match two honks. Um, I thought this match was interesting to watch the outcasts. It was uh, 
it was an odd time to be in the outcast. At first they started off, they were, they were doing a team up. They were like, Hey, hey you throw her in there and I'll do this move. And they were doing all right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start seeing the, uh, the cracks forming. I believe at one point they, uh, they had Britt Baker and, uh, they were trying to pin her and they both went for the pin and they, you know, had the confusion of you, me, what? No. Okay. All right. Stop doing that. You know? So it was just like, loved already it, can... loved it. Loved it. Yep. The double then, pin uh, was one honk. But I'd argue that the 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 main thing that started the divide between Soraya and Tony was the accidental contact of Tony with Soraya's mom. Uh, what happened was uh, Tony had Britt Baker on the outside and she took her over to the spot where Soraya's mom was set up and gave her Britt Baker. And she actually put her in a full Nelson to keep her there. So she's like, I got you. You can go for it. And Tony Storm goes for the punch on the outside of the ring and Britt Baker wiggles her way out. And Tony Storm actually ends up hitting Soraya's mom. So that doesn't fly. Um, Did you like the... how much sweet Soraya, like that's her stage name, her mom, when she wrestled? Yeah. Did you like how much she reacted of trying to get in the ring and her family yeah. or her son having the hold Yeah, they had back? to put hold her back. She's like, I oh, loved God. how much she sold that. That's what made it so great for me. Because I yeah. know, I mean, this they're was a wrestling fan. They're a wrestling family. And it just, it mm-hmm. made it so great for that. It, it was so cool. Um, yes, also loved everything about the mom spot, as I called it. Yep. Uh, my second honk uh, was when Britt super kicks Tony and she falls on Soraya, who's like behind her, and she was just like laying on the mat. And she just like drapes herself over her unconscious. And then she gets a two fall. And I, I, to myself, I was like, I was kind of like, I wish that's how the match would have ended. Just that incidental con, like this whole, this whole match was incidental contact. I loved it. And uh, so that was my second honk on that one. Yeah, that was fun. That was cool of just like Soraya kind of waking up from another move beforehand or that move and realizing mm-hmm. it was Tony and being like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? What are you doing to me? It's just <laughs> leading to the to the other spot that I liked was like the Ruby kind of fallout with her coming down after uh, Tony was about to put Soraya through the sweet cheek music. And Ruby was like, you're going to break her neck. She like came out of nowhere and said, you can't do this. You're going to break her neck. And then yep. she, she hit Ruby at one point and was just like, you know what? Um, I'm out. That's it. Think, I'm out. Think, things aren't looking good for Tony with the outcasts. That's for sure. No, no. She didn't, she didn't wear as much green as the other two ladies. So we'll see how that falls uh, in the next few weeks uh, with the fallout with them. But uh, let's see. What else you did said, I You have? mentioned Sweet you Cheek Music. This, I yeah. just wanted to mention that I thought I, I did enjoy Excalibur's reaction to when uh, Tony Storm uh, hit Britt Baker with it. It was vicious. And all of a sudden, just like the move happens. And JR's like, oh, here comes a hip attack. And then all of a sudden, you just hear Excalibur. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he was yes. blown away with how aggressive it was. And I was like, thank you. You're telling me. Like, that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. It was a very, a very good spot. Well done, ladies. The the fact that you know Sheeta's outfit is just amazing. And yeah. I'm not saying Didn't she that make to that be outfit. A, well, I don't know. Everyone's everyone makes out their own outfits. I don't know. Sure, no. I thought I they were know. saying about how like oh, she, she was did? Like, okay, playing or whatever I didn't or something. Mean that. That. Yeah, that's all. That I was just making a joke. Anyway, yeah. what yeah, I was like saying, <laughs> and not to be a horn dog with it, but just they're showing like she shows like so much of her back. Like, it just, you really can't not see everything. It's just kind of crazy. Anyway. All right. All right. Calm down. We've got Rhea Ripley and Ra- Raquel Rodriguez as well. You can, you got, you got your backs uh, fetish going on. Did you like the Brit stomp? 
Yeah. When, oh yeah. When Soraya had her in a submission hold yes. and then Britt just comes in. That was awesome. I like that. That was awesome. And because of that, and then the eventual winner for who it was and where it was, that was actually my match of the night. Like I liked how much that worked for me with all of the spots, with of the course. family involved. I just kind of really liked how everything worked with the comedy for all of it. Um, I I may have to take that back because I don't know. I really liked the FTR Bucks match. Nope, no takes these backs. He's here at Honk. If you love wrestling, what you say is final, and you loved this match the most. I'm I'm not I'm not going to be unhappy with saying Soraya as the new uh, AEW champion. And you know what? We didn't get to it, but somewhere on the pre-show and then also later in the match during the House of Black and claimed, um, they showed Mercedes Monet in the crowd. Yes. So, AEW confirmed. And Tony, or Tony in the presser after in the scrums kind of said that she's not cleared. It was nice to have her there and see, and hopefully they can work out something. And Soraya mm-hmm. was kind of hoping that maybe there's something like that down the road. So, you know, Soraya versus... Be on the lookout. Um, well, Mercedes. that is a huge match for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, Mercedes is just big and it's Monet. So that's that's good regardless. But she's actually the one that injured um, Soraya in the ring. Mm. And the one thing, like, she's the one yeah. that kicked her in the back where she had the first, like, kind of neck injury. So, like, they can play, especially AEW they'll play into that and talk about it and they'll feed into that real story. And I can't wait for that. So we'll see if we get that down the road, but keeping it moving, keeping it moving swerve and Christian cage versus Joker sting and Darby Allen coffin match, a coffin match. I was disappointed. There was only one coffin. (laughs) I'm also disappointed. No one was in the coffin. Yeah, that's a that's a normal spot. That's someone coming out and it's kind of surprising you. But they ripped right, that, that band. Cool. They ripped that bandaid off quick. Uh, I believe in the beginning of the match, Darby actually goes to the coffin and pulls out two jackets that have tacks attached to them. So the already you're just like said swerve on it already. Yeah, the, it was it was. In, but yeah. you know, I'm what? glad they now used an actual like, coffin this time as opposed to a makeshift one. You know what? The way they should have done this. Because I was expecting there being two coffins or one large coffin where you have to put both people in the coffin to win. Or you have to close one and then put someone else in the other coffin and then they can come out in time. Whatever. They could have done other weird things because... I'm glad they didn't. Hold on. There's there's one way I could have made this. I'm not criticizing everything they did. I just thought of an idea that would be kind of cool. And I just want to get it out there before I forget about it. In Lucha Underground, they used to have like four around the ring. So you can throw people, one of them would get destroyed. Or you you had options. Use it. You had options. It would be kind of cool. It's like, that's the way that you get to bring in whatever you want. Like, you get like a box of weapons. But it's yeah. got to be, so you get to bring your own coffin that's for, to put the other person in. If you want to sure. load it with a bat or, you know, a bunch of brass knuckles or, mm. you know, uh, whatever. And then write swerve on it. You can. And then each side gets to do their own thing. That would have been kind of cool. That's all I'm saying. But uh, getting back to the match, like you said, thumbtack hoodies. And then the that was laughable to me just because like uh, when Sting. So they, you know, they give off the jacket so they can do like, you know, the uh, they got them in the, uh, the corners. So they're like running back and forth and doing 
I mean, you know, you'd call Darby's a, a coffin drop or whatever. You know, he, he puts his back into him, basically. A, a yeah, running backwards Irish whip, Darby whip, what's, whatever you want to call it. What the Sting does the, I get it's the Stinger splash, but then it's like, why even put on the jacket, dude? Like you're, you the put on a jacket to look of, cool. Only thing I can think of. And sorry, I keep keep talking over you because I'm super excited and I got to slow down. It's mostly that he didn't zip it up. It's a zip up hoodie, which not as a good hoodie. We've talked about this in the past. If it was a pullover, it would have had spikes on the front and it would have it's done true. the damage. So that's we, another reason why we know the zip up hoodie is not the hey preferred man, hoodie. Somebody's got to be on the opposing side, all right? Yes. That's why we have defense attorneys. They don't want to be there, but it's their job. It's like, well, I need to be able to take it off real quick. And it's going to be tough to take off the real hoodie. Let's get a zipper hoodie. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, all it was just amusing. Already with Sting, I'm just like, bro, like, what are you doing? And then that happened to another another spot where uh, Sting goes through the table. I thought this was hilarious, too. It's like, so Sting has Swerve, I think, on the table. And he goes to, you know, do his uh, splash off the turnbuckle. And uh, he lands. And the uh, the table doesn't break. And I loved hearing Excalibur. He was selling the shit out. He was like, that table made of British steel. And it's like, yes, all right, dude. Because then Sting literally goes up and jumps on the table and finally breaks it. But it was just funny because it was like Sting kind of didn't go straight there. He was like, I'm going to do something else. Maybe. I don't know what else. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to break this table. <laughs> I, I loved it because the crowd wasn't dead. The crowd was there. But you know that the spot was to break the table. And yeah. Instead of just trying to do something else, he's like, no, I'm breaking this damn table. Yeah. And but he had a second. He had to think about it. It wasn't just like, I'm breaking this table. He's like, and uh, like because right, of the way he did table. it and made sure that he broke that table. The, it that popped British the steel table. Yes. It popped the crowd. And I think it brought the crowd to life for the rest of this match. Not that they well, were there. You know what kills a crowd's boner yes. when you don't break that table? Like, yes. dude, oh. we want tables to break. <laughs> so let's get into the crux of the finish. I mean, I don't know how I want to, I want to know how technical you want to get with the match. Uh, I get two any issues with the fit. Nah, do you have any issues with the finish? No, not really. Okay. What are the rules to the match? Put your opponent in a coffin. And then close the door. Yep. Have to be completely closed. You remember yep. how like Sting wasn't Sting didn't yeah. lose because or he, had Christian. Bat, he had his bat sticking out, right? Yeah, Christian stuck his arm out and his okay. leg and fought against them. If we want to use video evidence of this, um Swerve had some of his uh, dreadlocks sticking out of the door. <laughs> so um, they didn't officially close the door on him. But uh, I don't the have role an issue of with that. I'm for this match will be played by Mr. Rizzo. I was just having some fun because <laughs> I thought that's where TVZ was going to take this. But no, oh, it's no, not all cool. I just, I actually felt bad for Swerve. I was like, I wonder if that's like uncomfortable where he can't move. And they're like, dude, guys, you gotta, you gotta lift up the door. I, I can't, I can't, I, have, I can't. I have a question for you, Mr. Rizzo. What does, what does Nick Wayne's fate right now? Uh, yeah, for the folks at home, Luchasaurus takes Nick Wayne to the back and gone forever. You're right. <laughs> of all the issues that we've heard about, like fights backstage, whatever. No one's mentioning what happened with Nick Wayne from Luchasaurus. <laughs> He's dead now. He's no longer in AEW. You know the the you know the the 
thousand or million year old dinosaur just stole somebody. We yep. should follow up on that, don't you think? <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, just like the fact that they got involved in this match was fun. I liked how people were fighting out of the coffin. It, it felt different. You know, I'm not saying that people never fought out of the coffin before, but it's just it, it, it seemed like a focus. You know, there was a lot of spots where people got put in and they had to fight their way out. Not, oh, we're leading up to this point where now we have the last five minutes where it's coffin time. Yeah. Uh, and the coffin took a lot of damage uh, by the time we get That's to the end I'm of this match. Good stuff like that. Yeah, almost that was nice. It almost it, can't close. It feels like it's been a minute for me to see that. So, again, refreshing to see that. Um yeah, this I gave it two honks. Like I said, uh, I enjoyed when Sting saves himself with the bat because of Swerve's hubris of "I got this," and you're getting buried with this <laughs> with your bat. And then, uh, and then, and then the end uh, where Swerve is like he's got his fingers, and then Sting's really driving the uh, the coffin home. And I was just like, Ugh. and then he like worked his arm out, and then eventually he gets like uh, I think Excalibur or Tony Schiavone at one point were just like, uh, something out of a horror movie watching like Swerve try and crawl his way out of this coffin. It was good. So that was, was my good. second. It honk. worked for me. Good stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, got, I had three honks with all the stuff we talked about with the, the bat, double tables. You're having to do a table spot twice in, this, in the British steel. I just 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 pop saying that popped me. But, yeah, uh, we got to keep it moving to see. We, we have had, three we more had, matches. We had uh, Freddie Mercury. I mean, Chris Jericho next performing for everyone at this. You know how long he's been wanting to do that. And don't get yeah. me wrong, because I want to oh, do yeah. the exact same thing. But him wanting to do the beginning of you know, uh, uh, oh my God, what's the name of the the thing? Uh, the famous performance from Freddie Mercury and Queen at the at state the stadium. I'm not sure what it was called. Uh, when he does the ao ao. Anyway, I know how long he's been wanting to do that. Uh, Live Aid, I think it was called Live Aid. Anyway, but yeah, Chris Jericho. So yes, actually, the performance wasn't so bad. I kind of liked the Fozzy stuff to start. Sure. Yeah, it was. A, it was a good. Uh, I thought it was a good uh, theme for the pay per view. You know, it's a big, big time match. Biggest uh, wrestling event ever. So you got to go big or go home. Um, yes. So we're we're dipping in here into the Chris Jericho and Will Ospreay match, which I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I'm shocked. Jericho actually, he, he did all right in this match. Yes, he did. Uh, it yes, almost he did. It almost felt like they played to Jericho's strengths. You know, they didn't you know, you're not seeing the types of moves that Osprey pulled on Orange Cassidy in this match, that's for sure. The the greatness of some of the wrestlers who have experience and the greatness of some of the current athletes is it shows by how well they can make anybody look regardless of what they might be doing at that point. And I'm not saying that to criticize Jericho because I didn't have any issues with that. I just mean Chris Jericho is not going to be a high flyer you want right. him to be a good base for whatever Osprey is going to do, and heavy hands. Everything he did worked. Like it just kind of it made sense for the way the match flowed and how they treated each other. For how Osprey hit him, he actually kicked out of a Stormbreaker, which is kind of surprising, but it was almost like I know that I'm going to lose, even though I kicked that out of it, and then just yeah. I'm going to finally finish your. That was for ass. pride at that point. <clears throat> but uh, I like Sammy using the bat. I like how Sammy tried to help Jericho. Yeah. Um, even though we got some weird fallout of 
that afterwards. Like Sammy tried to help. What's the deal? I don't know. I yes, I, I like how they worked in Chris Jericho's sports entertainery, sports entertainment chicanery. Uh, like you said, you know, uh, the back got involved, so it wasn't just one on one match. It was, you know, it came along with all of Jericho's shenanigans. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, the middle finger to finish. Yeah, I kind of like that too. Bro, kind of like yeah, bruv. <laughs> Well, you can't say enough of how awesome Osprey is. I mean, he, I wasn't expecting him to put in on a five-star, like, amazing match. I yeah. was expecting him to have a, a great match with the with the legend that it was kind of cool. The, the crowd was here for him. Um, so, yeah. Yes. Way she goes. I, like I said, I, I wanted Jericho to hold his own while Osprey wowed us, and that's what we got out of this match. Uh, we, You know, Osprey hit all of his notes, and, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, while it was kind of back and forth, it did feel like this match was uh, leaning on Osprey, like he was dominating this match. Well, I mean. he should, and that's the way we treated him because the story that he's going to be able to tell for a little while is that he just beat o- uh, Okada, Kenny Omega, and uh, Chris Jericho in two months, and it's just a great story to be leaning on and go from there. Um, but keeping it moving. This is where, you know, two reasons. Not only did I didn't take a lot of notes because I I loved being a fan at this point, but the notes that I did take, I seem to have lost and tried to put notes together after the fact. So (laughs) specifically with House of Black versus Acclaimed and Badass Billy Gunn, um, I don't have much as much as I I like the fact that the House of Black looked awesome in white and gold. Yes. Yeah, they do. kind of cool. Yeah, I was a fan of that. Um, those costumes, like their entrance, was real good. Uh, it really popped. They had the tribute to Bray Wyatt as well with the lantern that they brought out yes. and they put it down. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, crowd was here for this. Crowd loved it. Badass Billy. Um, the you stipulation know. was no holds barred. Yeah, so it just got to be a craziness with anyone that, doing whatever. That took me by surprise. I forgot about that, and I like they're like it's a house rules match. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. What's the stipulation? You'd think they'd advertise it or something or do you know, anything on the go home show. Thinking about that, and I've never looked into it, so I might have my answer if I just did a little Google. But as much as I like the thought of the stipulation of you guys get to pick your stipulation. Like that's the house of rules, like that, that kind of whatever, like the way that they did that. I love the thought of it. I love you guys being able to pick your idea and every once in a while it worked, but I never thought of something really cool that I can throw in the, the, the ring myself. That was a good idea. Did you have one of like a cool idea? You know, nothing that's too easy. Like, everyone on the team has to wrestle blindfolded, but we don't. Like, that's not, you know, something serious. Did you have any ideas? Because I didn't look anything up, but even though we're not going to have that anymore, that was kind of a cool thing. I like the thought of that. Man, you're putting me on the spot. I honestly, like. Me, I thought about it and I couldn't think of anything. That's my point. Like, it was weird thinking it was cool, but I never could come up with anything that made it even awesome. Like, oh, they should have done this. Well, I liked the one they had where it was like there has to be somebody in the ring all the time. So, like, if if you Irish whip somebody out of the ring, uh, another person on their team can come in because nobody like 
There's oh, nobody on your that was team in the cool. match. I like that one. That was kind of yeah. Cool. They had I like that how a couple months ago. With, everyone was scared of Julia Hart at one point. That they, was they made her stupid. just like we want her to go backstage and like okay, have fun. No like, witches. Was, no witches yeah. at ringside. That yeah. was the best friends. I was like, you know, they're not going to win this. Yeah, but I I don't know. I I guess I can look. I said look up on Google and see if anyone else had like cool ideas of. Some fun stipulations. I was for the match shocked that, that they did the scissor me timbers on uh, Julia Hart. I'm a sucker for mixed yeah. match uh, interactions, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, but uh, this match surprised me. I didn't think Acclaimed was going to win this. Ditto. I did not think there, especially where it was in the card. Like, right? I thought, and for me, not that I didn't like the match, and I, I gave it two honks with the stuff that they did there. But I wasn't expecting it to be put the pop in the crowd as much as it did because it was before the main event. So the fact that they did give, you know, acclaim the trios champion and they got the scissor, you know, daddy ass or Billy ass again. Um, everyone was here for it. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, but we should have seen this coming with all the uh, breadcrumbs they were dropping for the acclaimed. Like on their yes. tag, uh, their title card during like episodes, they'd be like, we miss you, Billy Gunn. They even cut promos saying that they missed Billy Gunn. And now that he's back, I love that. I'm retiring, except they took my boots and they crushed them because I don't need them anymore. I'm coming back to wrestle. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So it's time for the main time. event. A thing I've been waiting for since zero hour. And MJF. Loved seeing the devil entrance again. That one blonde girl on MJF's right could not catch a break. Uh, What I mean is like, so the way they had it set up is, you know, they brought uh, MJF out on his his throne and they were going to put it down in front of stairs. And then there were two girls with devil masks on they were kind of like you know praising him or whatever mm-hmm. they're like on their hands and knees they were in front of the stairs when they go to put the the throne down to like kind of connect it to the stairs they pushed the stairs and i saw it they like bumped into that one chick and she just like oh, you I could see her get see hit that. but then she like stayed still because she's like i have to stay here i was like i appreciate the dedication to the bit but i was like come on dudes you're like jabbing the stair into her i did not see that i gotta go back and check that out i yeah. liked how the crowd was cheering was singing his music I hate I hate it. I was like, you're killing the ambiance here, and some drunk asshole go It's like, all right, dude, calm down. Okay. I know that you weren't in my living room, but don't mock me. That's what I was doing in my living room. I was having a great time. When MJ asked me, he was like, I was also going. So, all right. I love how he's picking on me for having a good time. But hey, that's what happens before the show. Keep it to yourself, all right? Don't let it get picked up by the mics. All right, all right. Uh, That was the loudest Adam Cole, baby, that I think anyone's heard. Oh, yeah. I'll say this. Uh, you were talking about, you know, uh, the, for that house rules match that you lost your notes. I didn't take notes for this. I just watched this. I was like enjoying it. Like I said, I tried to put it. it together after the fact because, yeah, I. And I'll oh, say this. Not remembering all the details. I'd argue this was a four honker. I could find hey. four honks in this. It was. Oh, yeah. Oh, it oh, was, yeah. 
It was Jeff's kiss. It was everything we were waiting. It was everything I was hoping for with this whole storyline leading up to this pay per view. So I was just like, "Thank you for for making this story." And it's not even over. We're still going. Like the storyline I mean, continues. I love it. The fact that we just just going through the things that I did have honks for for that. I remember because I loved everything about it. Was there was the stair spot that MJF did? Oh, there that was, was brutal. There was the ref bump with the the sun, the sunrise and yep. um, the double clothesline. I actually liked for the draw with the draw. And I, I was beside myself when that us. happened. I was like, oh, wow. Is that going to happen? And he's like, like five more minutes. And then Jeff's like, no. And I was like, oh, he's not a changed man because we're going until we get a winner. I was like, oh, he's and back. He's a face Wembley. again. Yes. I think I messaged that in group chat. I was like, this is it. MJF has transitioned to a face now. He's no longer a heel. I have heard a few people not like and taking them out of the match for, quote, comedy reasons with the double count out and them not double count out, the double pin and then mm-hmm. being a draw. But I would say that the majority of, I mean, the crowd got huge for it when he said, we're going to finish it and Fucking Wembley, and then yeah. the whole crowd was there for it. The whole crowd just instantly got some more energy, <laughs> and then Cole tried to get the you know the quick roll up right when the when the bell rang to restart the match. Yep. Um, but the fact that Roddy, the only thing I think I would have changed, and I didn't see, I've heard this on Wrestle Talk as well, is like when Roddy comes in and tries to tell him to use the belt to hit him, and then he doesn't use it. He should have used it on Roddy and then still like lost. So he would have had like more of a reason to like if I would have done it because that's the ultimate we happen. MJF stays the champion and still, but it's really it's it's because Adam Cole chose not to use the title belt to hit MJF with. Did he not learn anything from Jack Perry? And he realized that after the fact that he chose friendship over winning the title. He he believed he may have chose wrong because he chose – he did the right thing. And Taz was stumbling over his words, which kind of made it fun. I wish he would have just laid out for a minute because I think everybody got it. But it was funny. I, I, would, I won't mind hearing well, it. Well, someone called him out. Because he's like, oh, he did the right thing. And he's like, well, oh, I think it was Nigel. And he was like, well, I think he did the wrong a, thing. He's like, well, he did the morally good thing and he got yeah, the wrong I, thing. It was a word sound that was kind of I funny. loved it. It was hilarious. What I loved about this, and I just want to touch on this now because of what we're talking about. And, uh, Adam Cole was really aggressive in the beginning of this match. Like yes. he was being like, "Our fuck our friendship. I'm here for the belt. And MJ, like there were moments where it felt like MJF was, I, I thought to myself, is MJF going to lose this because of his friendship with Adam Cole? He's going to be like, listen, man. I, I, and I think someone told me this. He was like, he said the belt was everything to him. And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to see in this match that that's not true because he loves his friendship with Adam Cole. And while he may talk a big game when it comes down to it, I think MJF is going to be like, I don't have that killer instinct anymore because I love this man and I don't want to do bad things to him. And Adam Cole's like, I'm pulling out all the stops. Fuck you. So I was like that first half of the match. I was like, this is it. He's going to lose this belt. Adam Cole's going to win. Well, like you said, he, they started at one point by putting on their baby, the better than you baby. Yeah. Yep. They started with shirts. respect. So with respect and Adam Cole quickly like ripped it off MJF. And like you said, he was kind of like, 
pushing him in the head saying, we might be friends, but I'm better than you, and I'm taking that title. That's what he was saying to him in the ring. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. And then fast-forwarding to after the match when the victory event after it happened, of Cole being like still pissed off at himself that he didn't do what he should have done to win the title – and then MJF kind of throwing the title in his face going, is that all this was about? You were just using me for the title? And like yep. them kind of end the show with friendship and the crowd loving them, hugging it out. Like uh, yep. I heard the only criticism is like, uh, unlike Drew McIntyre, nobody sang a song at the end. So zero out of 10 stars. <laughs> but like, I thought that was a great ending. Like it wasn't, everyone was expecting someone to turn on someone and yeah. it to be a different way. And no, that's not what they did. And I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Like I said, the story continues. What's going to happen with their friendship now? Uh, I was kind of hoping that they would end on a bad note where one of them would still backstab each other because then it, because at this point now it would be like, cool, you guys hate each other. You're still in a tag team together. Now you have to defend these belts. So it's like, how will they coexist sort of thing? I thought that would be neat, but uh, no, exactly. I love That's what I thought the plan was too. But yep. instead they're going to make me want to watch ring of honor because they're going to maybe be on the damn show with the new. And I loved, belt. I loved how they flipped the script. Uh, what you're saying, you know, at the end, he gave Adam Cole the belt and said, go ahead, hit me with it. And he turned his back to him in homage to when Adam Cole did it back in the day when they was trying to prove his loyalty to him. And he's like, we're friends. I, and he's like, what the hell are you doing looking at my belt? He's like, hey, man, I was just giving it back to you. He's like, here, fine, then hit me with it. All right. You know, get get out of your system. Do what you need to do, because I'm here for you, man. So I love that they flipped that script. And, and again, even- I think we're seeing a face MJF. I think he's going to move into the face role and I'm all here for it because it's, it's almost like we're watching MJF learn to walk again. He's all like, how do I face? Am I saying it right? Like, what do I do? What's the, what are the rules for this? What makes it even better to me is some of the, the older stuff that they did before the matches and the week before on dynamite where they sat down MJF and Adam Cole with Renee and they did the the talk about the friendship, and yeah. MJF was kind of real, was real with them, and it was fine, and it was good, and they left. And then Adam Cole, it became contentious because of the way he, the, the stuff that they were showing to kind of like poke him, like, "Are you really his friend?" Whatever. And Adam Cole going like, "How can you guys not realize that we are actually friends?" And then for them to like, and that just made everyone think that of course he's going to turn on him, even more he's going to turn on him. Right. But the fact that they don't makes that work even more like how passionate he was of like no we were friends like it just adds to the whole story being really oh, yeah. you know well, well done best story um, in wrestling right now yeah Hands down tbz so approved cool. we'll see if the whole point i think with uh with what he said with mjf said in the scrum was that he was going to france to bang some rats um that's what he said in the in the scrum um because you know he's our scumbag now I will say I was kind of shocked how little Roderick Strong and the Kingdom were involved in this match. Like, I thought they would be more pivotal, and really all it was was just to kind of show that Adam Cole doesn't have the killer spirit. What I think that leads to somehow, and I'm guessing just because of where they are, it'll probably be those guys wrestling Adam Cole and MJF for the titles. For Ring the Honor. Ring of Honor, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So that's right. kind of the tie-in with, with Roderick, Roderick, so we got more with that. But yeah, I mean, that's the effing show, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we it. did. 
It was glorious. Like I said, I, for Honker, this was my match of the night. The main event, it did not disappoint. It was everything I'd hoped it'd be. Yeah, I think I was too drunk at this point to rate it correctly. And Honestly, I think this was probably rate, yeah. AEW's best pay-per-view. Like, it had been a minute since we've had a very good pay-per-view, and, and this, like, it was booked well. The pacing mm-hmm. was great. Everything was great. The yeah. Like you said, the pacing with me, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but the way that it went down with, excuse me, with the stadium stampede match being so crazy and so chaotic that I just yep. wanted to get back to wrestling. And then them getting and us the fatal four way with the women that it most was a good touch to have a fatal like, four way well, because that's more be chaotic than a regular match. Well, that too. But I meant like a lot of people were in general, because this is definitely not how I feel about any of it, but they're like the women's match. Okay. It's time to go to the bathroom. Like, well, there was too much craziness. I want to sit and watch the good wrestling now. This is what I came for. And that's yeah. just, that told a cool story for me. So that's why it worked. And yeah, the pacing of everything worked. Um, just a great show all around. And then they announced at the end of the show, two pay-per-views that I told them back. Not only are they coming back next year, which is awesome that they were going to have a, not a full year build of a card, but the fact that we just know that they are having a, a huge stadium show a year from now as their big yeah. show of the year is something to look forward to. But they also announced a pay-per-view on October 1st, I believe, called, is it uh, Wrestle Dream? Or I forget what it's called. And I don't know this a, announcement you're talking about. It's it, They did it in the, Tony did it in the presser and the scrum after. Well, that's it's, the thing, I didn't watch the presser. It's a tribute to Antonio Inoki because it's his, like, one year anniversary of his passing. And we might not remember. It's one of I remember uh first talking about him in one of our first episodes. I did a little tribute of, you know, he was in one of the Bad News Bears movies. But they're <laughs> gonna do some tribute, which kind of means that I'm expecting it to be like a small version of Forbidden Door. They're gonna probably have some people from New Japan on it if it's a tribute to Inoki. So we'll see what that what we get with that one. Pretty um, cool, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I should have used that for my... What is it What is it time for? Oh, I believe it's time for the Tope. It's our Tope Suicida moment of the week. Yeah, where we uh, talk about things that's kind of cool to watch in the in the future. And that's and that actually what I should have... What we're looking forward to. I should have used that, but I talked about it before you... Before you put in the, the the cool drop that we use there, so I'm gonna have to say something else. But I got something. I'm prepared. Not only oh, I was is, gonna say I got you. Okay, you I, not only I believe is, is payback it. this weekend, which is Saturday, but I believe either right after payback or it might be on Monday. I actually don't know when it is. You know what? I'm sorry that I don't know when it is, but look it up. And it's the angle doc. I think we're getting that before next week, and we should maybe watch that and talk about that next week. It does look like it's on our schedule for next week. Yes, yeah, so I think that'll be cool to watch the documentary on Pekak about excellent, uh, excellent. about Kurt Angle. So that's my and thank tope God because my tope was payback. <laughs> like I said, like I said earlier with WWE, it was just all pushing it for payback, and I'm like, all right, all right, let's get to payback. I'm ready to watch these storylines play out. I'm ready to move on. I, I feel like payback is definitely going to be a stopping point for some of these storylines going into it. And we'll see something new. Thank God. And so let's go. I'm ready for payback. Should be cool. Should be cool. Got back to back pay-per-views. When I used to work in the big L service industry where uh, I fix windows and doors, 
I would say one thing, and I'd say it all the time because sometimes when it rains, the install or department or certain places don't work. But you know what never stops? Service never stops. And you know what's never stopping right now? It's wrestling. Wrestling never stops. There's a pay-per-view next week. There's there's we there's all in. We talked about paper, but there's also all I mean, there's also all out. Um that we didn't we don't know what's happening. There's there's just too much wrestling. It's just it never stops. And I love it. I wish I could get to more of it, but uh, it's time to wrap it up. And, but uh, unfortunately, we'll we do stop here at Honk if you love wrestling, we and that's this stop. time. So thank you for coming along, Honkers. Mr. Rizzo, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, for all you Honkers yes, out there, is. check us out at Wrestling Honks on formerly known as Twitter. Uh, check us out under the handle of Honk if you love wrestling at YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Hurdy Gurdy, Blue Sky. Blue Sky, what are you doing? Send us an email at uh, send us an email to honk if you love wrestling at gmail.com and we will graciously accept that and become a space on your social media sphere. Honk if you love wrestling at gmail or hit me up directly at, at wrestling honks or at JJ Riz. I'm speaking that one too. Ooh. But yes, honk it like it's hot. Good. Yes, yes, yes. I screamed so good. No. I didn't to- okay, I just wondered if you knew who Pinky Doll was, and it's just, I don't know. Oh, NPC. NPC on TikTok. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, yes. yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I've, I've I scream seen... so good. Mm. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You got one, too. I can't.